0: So you guys have both led um, conversations. Emily, have you led a book discussion conversation? Before?
1: Not until next month.
0: Next month, okay. Do you know what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? L'Estrange. Oh.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Very cool.
0: So Sounds fun.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. It's <laughs> it's definitely dark. So <laughs> I started and I'm like, oh wow, this just
0: right yeah. off the bat, yeah. That's awesome. Is yeah, very is much. that? Um, I'm trying to think. I. What, ex- what is that? I don't know if I know what that is. I, I, yeah, in my mind, yeah. I was thinking of, like, The Stranger. but yep, what, that's is that The a, Stranger. Okay, so, oh, are you reading it in French? I am. Are you? Yeah, oh, yeah. Good. I that's won't amazing. do that
1: to the people in book club, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be su- such a bold move to yeah. be like, okay, anyway, we're reading The Stranger in French. Super See you next bogus. month. <laughs> I expect nothing but,
1: like, fluid French from all of you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've,
0: I've heard a, that's a good one because it's... I've read it in, in English. It, yeah. It's... Uh, like it's very minimal, um, so that's a good one in a way to because you can understand the words like obviously there's plenty of subtext that you could read into it right. um, but um, it seems like a good one for that reason because it's, it's substantive, but it's not like um, I don't know these winding uh, you know confusing sentences. No,
1: I agree it's very like cut and dry, but I think what's so good about it is mm-hmm. how odd of a character he is. That's what makes it mm-hmm. so complex for such a short story right so, a lot but. to talk about.
0: For sure. I yeah. when I was just graduated and I was out in Virginia or DC area, I found this lecture series called like Existentialism and the Meaning of Life. Um it's from this professor from Austin. He's dead now, but uh but he did all these like exis- and I just loved it. I loved it. It's so good. You people can still find that, but it's um, but that was one of the books he talked about and he talked about like I don't know, he talked about Sartre and Kierkegaard and Oh yeah, yeah. you know, lots of cool people um it's very it's a fascinating um topic so that should be cool i'm I'll, I'll curious to hear how it goes oh awesome are you Me too. Um, <laughs> is, is tori doing the potato peel one yes yeah, okay is. and Andrea, you just did
2: treasure island
0: tre- and how did that go
2: that went really well people people were really into it
0: that's you awesome. know some
2: people were a little perplexed like it, i think a lot of people forget that it's it was written a while ago, so, like, mm-hmm. the language is kind of archaic, but it's amazing how much of our pirate mythology comes from it. So, it like, yeah. even if you've never, somehow never experienced a Treasure Island story, which some of the people who came hadn't, um, mm-hmm. you're still at least familiar with it a little bit.
0: Yeah. When was that written or published?
2: Oh, goodness. In 1800s? Like, I think it was late 1700s oh, wow. or early 1800s.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, should, I should I should know, know this. Know this. Yeah, but I <laughs> it's don't.
2: Robert Louis Stevenson, so uh uh-huh. maybe it was early eighteen hundreds, mid eighteen hundreds. Yeah. yeah, I think it was eighteen hundreds.
0: Yeah. I guess you have Captain Silver. Is that mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if that you have Captain Ahab. There's a lot of influence there, I wonder. Or some influence. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really also cl-
2: haven't read Moby Dick, so <laughs> Right.
0: That's a yeah. that's a one I haven't read all of either. I've read a redacted like an high school like they had, just like a, here's a sampling yeah you get the adventure story and then as a kid I read a kind of illustrated classics version of it which is fun it's just the adventure story the book itself when I was trying to read it is so weird it's fun but it's really weird it's like just these short chapters that are have very archaic language but it's beautiful you know it's like a, it's like an American Shakespeare or something kind of like just the way he writes and uh, and all of a sudden here's like a chapter on whaling or like the history of the color or like on whiteness just like here's a little right. essay it's just like it's very feels very postmodern but yeah anyway
2: it's, it's interesting in treasure island cuz you have captain smollett who's like the actual captain and then mm. long john silver who is like the pirate captain and uh, like i personally found captain smollett to be a really annoying character yeah. mm-hmm. everybody else in book club liked him but oh, i was like interesting. i think <laughs> oh, no. i was like i think he's a jerk he's got a stick up his butt Right. but and, so and you're he, on
0: like John Silver. Well, yeah, he yeah, he's very
2: charismatic.
0: He's like an antihero, yeah, right? He's very yeah. fun. Yeah, and I, I know because we talked about it for Treasure Planet because you know it's yeah. a similar. I love that that movie. That's a great movie.
2: In the top two of Treasure Island adaptations,
0: mm-hmm. the other oh, okay. one
2: being Muppet Treasure Island.
0: <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. It's um, very good. Or maybe I did as a kid. I, I don't know. My parents. I was just talking to my mom. Yesterday and, and we were talking we like Top Gun and stuff and she's like yeah we took you to that when it came out and I was like looking at it's like 1986 so I would have been like just turned six seeing <laughs> <saying laughs> the original Top Gun which is fine yeah, it was a, it's a good movie so okay so today we are talking about our community read and we did one of these last year where we just kind of on them it's like a you know talking about how it went and stuff like that um, but how are you feeling are we just to, I guess we should introduce ourselves um, I'm Alex.
1: Oh, I'm Emily. I'm Andrea. All
0: right, and thanks for being here to talk about this. So we this year we read um, a book called Divided We Fall by David French. It's on political polarization and a number of other things. And how did you feel leading up to the event? I guess you guys hadn't participated in our one last year, so I'm just curious what your thoughts or, or feelings were leading up to it.
2: Yeah, I'll say I was a little apprehensive just mm-hmm. because talking about politics is like one of those topics that can go south so fast. And even though the book was specifically about, like, you know, having those conversations, Mm -hmm. that doesn't always translate into having good conversations.
0: Yeah, I hear you on that.
1: That would honestly be the same answer for me. Uh, Just with politics, you never know what you're going to get. So that was the main concern, I guess I'd say, of mine, is I wasn't sure if people were going to come very passionately to the event or... What to expect?
0: Yeah, and that was a concern of mine too. But just because I was, I was sort of like, I guess I had rose-colored glasses on when I like wrote the grant because I had to write it in the fall, and it was like the pandemic. I was like, my hopeful. I was like, well, that we're coming out of the pandemic, people are in a spirit to like unite and you know talk about this important issue Uh, because we'd had kind of a contentious you know time with like masking and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, this is something that's important feels connected to what we did last year, which was um, the previous year we'd, we'd done Tribe on Homecoming and Belonging, which is about, you know, which is much more positive in a way. It's all about belonging. And, the, and this one was about how things are, like, tearing people apart. So as we started approaching, and as I started reading the books, I read the beginning part of it. And uh, I was like, okay, because you had to specify a book for the grant. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I share your apprehension, because I was – I was ha- having an additional fear where I'm like I, I it was like my idea uh, I was leading the conversation you know I you know I'm like oh gosh I don't know what this is going to be like um, and my hope or my like was just to try to keep it civil and you know constructive and to, to stray there were some points where it, I think we get to, I guess we can talk about that when we get to that where there are a couple points where it could have been tense and then it was diffused in a couple of really nice ways but yeah I shared your apprehension as and plus as we started approaching the actual event, there was so much stuff that was going on in the world in our country that was kind of divisive and uh stressful because you have like um the war in Russia you had inflation you had the the specter of like roe versus Wade being overturned you had school shootings you had all these things that were like really um i don't know powerful and powerfully divisive issues in our culture so i was like oh gosh why did i do this to myself but we got through it (laughs) Yeah, Um, everyone
2: was really everyone was great like yeah the discussion went so well
0: (laughs) yeah exactly especially when you consider like what your fears your apprehension could have been beforehand i thought it went really well how about um i guess the day of the event i'm trying to remember back because it's been about a month now we were all here except john couldn't be here but um so what did you, did you guys go get the, the donuts? I can't remember what you guys helped with. Oh, it.
1: yeah. Yeah, we, we brought a bunch of donuts and coffee. coffee. yeah. Coffee,
0: yeah. yep, coffee and donuts. <laughs> and we set up in here. The nice thing about setting up in here versus the the park is that it, we didn't have to haul over a ton of equipment and try to work through all that. And I would have liked to have done it outside because I think maybe, maybe more people would have come. I liked the idea of a panel, but I, I think just like our apprehension, people who I initially reached out to were kind of like, ah, I don't want to do that, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? And uh, and I don't blame them. Um, I think even last year with the book that was sort of more positive looking, in, in a lot of ways, there are people who are a little nervous about coming to that one too, and and being on a panel because the people who are on the panel were had never like met each other mm-hmm. other than through sort of joint emails that we'd done beforehand. But anyway, but yeah, we had our donuts, we had our coffee, we set up here, we had... um we had a little bit of a, a switch, too, because our speaker, who was planned to go on Saturday before our discussion, got sick and couldn't come here. And so we asked Daniel Kapust, UW-Madison professor of politics, who was going to be presenting and did present on the dangers and possibilities of political rhetoric to switch from Thursday evening to Saturday before the event, because I wanted to see how that would go. I'm glad that ended up happening, because I thought he was a nice uh, presenter that led into the lunch and the discussion. He just seemed really diplomatic and thoughtful and kind and knowledgeable. Uh, What did you guys think of of him?
1: I honestly think it was the best decision to have him start off the discussion. He was so calm and well-spoken and he wasn't argumentative. Everything he was saying wasn't really trying to make, it wasn't rhetoric, right? He wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to make you believe him. It was very factual. Um, And I think that was important to have before the talk of the book Because the book was a little bit more aggressive. Yes. um, And I think people felt calm after having a discussion with him.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank yeah. You. I felt like he really invited people into the discussion, you know, like no matter what your perspectives on any of the topics were. And he was just very like affable, like, mm-hmm. you know, making jokes and all of that. I think he was perfect. And then, you know, his presentation like just dovetailed into what we were talking about in the book so perfectly. Yeah. With, like, you know, supplementary like studies and like visual aids and stuff that it just. I felt very primed to have the discussion in the afternoon. Right.
0: And I was like, oh, you almost could have didn't even need the book. You could have just had the conversation <laughs> about the presentation, you know, like something, you know, think to think about for the future. Like you could just have a presentation like that. And... Uh, and possibly a conversation or not. I think people were happy to have the presentation, the lunch, and they probably could have been like, I'm done. I'm ready to go. Like everybody was like, right. And that, the funny thing was there was a little bit of an arc or a a peak in a valley where it was like, Oh, people had such goodwill after that presentation. Then you have pizza and you've got like donuts and coffee and people are eating and chatting. Then I was like, now let's talk about political polarization. (laughs) You know? Well, we did, we did
2: end up talking about a lot of like stuff in the presentation during lunch too. Like we talked Mm. about other stuff too, but like it was kind of like a pre, discussion before the discussion
0: yeah I was at the desk during that time that's interesting Mm -hmm. good to know
1: yeah it kind of created
2: a safety net in the room where people knew
1: where everyone stood but it was respected and
2: yeah and it was I think it was nice because then people had like something to do so they didn't feel so much pressure to talk if they didn't have something important to say
0: right yeah Exactly, because the feedback we got a little bit from the previous year was that, it's like, oh, it would be nice. I think people listening to the panel had thoughts or wanted to share their thoughts or ask questions. Um, and we did have a question part at the end, but um, it was like, okay, maybe we can do this. So that's where we had the kind of hybrid, where you have a presentation, lunch, and then mm-hmm. discussion. So, um, cool. Uh, yeah, I really I really liked Daniel Capuce. So maybe we can have him back. He, was, he has various other talks he could do. I think he's a great speaker. Um, mm-hmm. So...
2: I'm sure he'd love to be back. Yeah. he, he wants to
0: get, Well, I gave him like a gift certificate. I sent him one for the, 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 the meat, meat market, market. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> which he mentioned several times for his bacon. Um, okay. What do you guys think are the benefits of, um, having a community book discussion and what are the difficulties of leading or participating in such a discussion? Emily.
1: Oh, well, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Honestly, I think there's a lot of good to book discussions. You know, um, it's one of those things where people have different opinions, and it's important to be able to talk as a community. Um, Especially, it it has to be whether it's political or not. Um, It's a good bonding experience. Um, These are people who see each other almost every day, whether they talk or not, um, especially within the community that we're in, uh, whether they see each other at the library or out and about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a good way, I think, for people connect isn't the right word but i think opening of perspectives uh the negatives that i would say with leading um um, as rewarding as they can be is there's a lot of pressure on what kind of discussion you want to hold what benefits you want to get from it Mm. um, such as going a political route it's complicated because you never know if people are going to get offended or where they stand if it's going to be passionate or more calm but the way that we went about it, I think that it was actually a really positive experience. People never felt, uh, I don't think anyone got too offended. Um, when things did get a little bumpy, it
0: was right. uh, relieved with a joke. Right. So. Yeah, thanks, Cheryl. Right. right, right. <laughs> yeah. I had to say, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think another difficulty that I deal with is, you know, when you're leading the discussion, some, a lot of people see you as like the authority on the text, right. which isn't really, I mean, In like some ways you are like if you remember like factually people are like I don't remember what happened in here Mm -hmm. you can solve those disputes but like you know it's sometimes it can be hard to balance like asking the questions in a way that doesn't feel leading like you're expecting certain answers and so sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be hard to like get people to share their own thoughts and like respond to each other's thoughts instead of just answering the question like you're in a lecture or something.
0: Right. And that's especially this book, because it ended up being kind of about like legal theory and political mm-hmm. philosophy and a lot of stuff that I'm certainly not an expert on. And um, yeah, I, I, I was like regretting the choice, but I mean, <laughs> we, we got through it. But, you know, I would be I'm, I'm like, I would do not want to go anywhere close to that kind of topic again, or at least that's my inclination. But it yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad it turned out as, as well as it did. It felt good when we were done. Mm-hmm. It felt like um, we'd done something like fun and important in its own way, even though I don't think we, we were like wrestling or changing anyone's mind. But just, I mean, it's interesting that people showed up because you are, you know, putting yourself out there too. It's mm-hmm. not like a thing that you just like, oh, let me go and join this conversation about political polarization or politics. Because there were some people who didn't come to the presentation then and then did come to the book discussion. Yeah. And you're right. I was like a little bit nervous that people were going to be like, just like, now it's time to fight or something like <laughs> that. But um,
1: now that I've had my
2: pizza, fill, it's yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got all primed. Right. Yeah, because it is a very vulnerable thing, like sharing, yeah. like you know, political beliefs are some of people's most deeply held beliefs,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: it was it was good that people felt comfortable enough to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, um, did you get any feedback? I, I got a, I got some, but. It, if you didn't, that's fine. Or, or And then in addition to that, any thoughts on what might make a good book discussion in the future? Andrea?
2: I'm trying to think if I got any feedback. I, I can't remember. Emily, I don't did think you I get did.
1: Any, did anybody say anything? Just positive. People yeah. really, really enjoyed it, but I never got any suggestions or right. anything
0: like yeah. that. So
1: people were happy they came.
0: Yeah, I think if you think about just the feeling in terms of that feedback, I think people were happy they came. And that's the most important thing. I think the people who were at the event had a good time. Like you know, just the the sense of goodwill. I think was was strong at the end of at the end of it. There was a, like a lot of positivity. Um, I think there were some people. I did get feedback. You know, I'm here more often, but the the people who were, who were coming here afterwards were kind of. Some people were nervous. Like, how did it go? One one person said to me, "Like, did did you solve it?" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like uh, "No, I don't. I don't think that's something you're going to solve." Uh, um, especially not in a book discussion like that. But, you know, it, it's a treacherous topic. So, you know, so I think uh, I don't blame people for being a little bit wary of that or unsure about coming. But um, I did have feedback from other people who were there and people who wanted to come because you never know what scheduling to. People are off doing things like, oh, I hope you guys keep doing it. It seems like it's a, like an important thing to do, you know, like um, to pick something that has some substance, whether or something that's a fun community discussion. I think it might be nice. Like I know with the braiding sweet grass one, right, Andrea? Yeah. I think that might be a good one. I um, think it would be. So I something. just
1: rented that one.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's really funny. That is really yeah. funny. Yeah, highly recommend. Also, audiobook, very good. And right now on um, on the digital library, it's like always available. Huh. So if anybody wants to listen to it, there's not like a wait list. You can just go and listen to it right now.
0: That's great. And I know Lori just read it, and she said she really loved it. Oh, good. So. So that would be something to look at in the future. Maybe you can lead that discussion, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. It would
2: be a year's notice. I can't yeah. complain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I would love to just be part of the crowd. Um yeah. so okay. That's great. Um and then lastly, I guess what have you read or watched, or just kind of like a suggestion p- portion of the, the conversation, what have you read or or watched or listened to lately that, that you wouldn't mind sharing that you've liked?
2: Yeah. Um I can go first. I recently read a graphic novel called Himawari House by Mm -hmm. Harmony Becker. And it's about a girl who was born in Japan and then, when she was really young, moved to the U.S. with her family. And she feels, like, kind of displaced in her identity. Like, she doesn't feel like she belongs in the U.S. And so she's, like, after she graduates high school, she takes a gap year and moves back to Japan and she moves into this... um, like, shared housing situation with, like, a couple of other Japanese people, but then a couple of other, like, um, people from other countries, and so it's just, it's, like, a lovely little story about, like, all of them and, like, what they're going through in that year and, like, them becoming a family and, like, struggling with their identity, and it's just, it's a very sweet and... Very funny story. Like I was kind of, I was expecting the feels, but I wasn't expecting how funny it was going to be. So oh, nice. I highly recommend that, especially it just feels like a good summertime read. Right. And then the other thing that I've really liked recently is I just started listening to the Penumbra podcast and it's a whole bunch of uh, short stories. There's like one character, Juno Steele, who's like a recurring character. Um, he's a detective in the, like thousands, like a thousand years in the future on Mars. So it's like got a kind of like noir, but also kind of like action-y spy kind of feel. And then it alternates with these other like um, self-contained short stories that are like multiple genres, including like adventure and horror and stuff. It's just, it's a fun time and it's like recorded with a full cast. So it's like little radio plays. I've been Mm -hmm. really enjoying
0: it. Nice. Emily, anything for you? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I just finished a book on the way here that I was telling (laughs) you. It was an accident because Mm -hmm. it was emotional, so I was trying to fix myself before I arrived to work. (laughs) But (laughs) it's um, Marie was here. It's a Frederick Backman um, book, and Laurie actually did one of the book clubs for um, anxious people, Um, and now I have an obsession with his literature, so I've just been binging everything. Um, And then I finished Peter Darling, Um, before this, because Andrea recommended, and it's (laughs) probably one of my favorite books I've ever read. Um, And that's a really fantastic take on a story. It's um, the whole idea of gender identity and um, expression through the classic Peter Pan, in which Mm -hmm. it's the idea of Wendy never really being Wendy, and Peter being more of the uh, visual cue of who they really are mm-hmm. um, and I don't know how else to explain it it was yeah. so good and it's, just
2: it's kind of like a sequel to Peter Pan right but it, and it's written in a way that just feels very like loving of the original Peter Pan and yet like you know pushes the boundaries and reinterprets the text in right. interesting they,
1: ways they don't ruin the original story but they're able to flawlessly go forward with another story so that's fantastic and then I'm reading The Soul of an Octopus right now
0: actually oh.
1: Um, I really like the excerpt, and um, it's really good. Good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm halfway through, and I'm like, this is actually really fantastic. Yeah,
0: you could have read that for a community read.
1: I didn't even think about it um, when I read the excerpt just for the bucket list. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is actually really, really great. So, yeah. yeah. I know, Um, I
2: was disappointed when the excerpt was over.
1: (laughs) I know, well, and that's why I got (laughs) it. That's a
0: good excerpt then.
1: So, we're doing that for book club with my family right now, I'm forcing them to read oh, it. Oh, wow. And she that's actually so wrote a children's book about octopuses, too. Yeah. So that's for the kids to be a part of the book club.
0: That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, it's
1: fantastic. I think we have that here. Yeah, yeah, we do.
0: The Soul of, of an Octopus? No,
1: her, well, yes, the, but also her children's, children's book. book. Oh, I can't okay. remember the
2: name of it, though.
1: Honestly, it's more scientific, but it's really, really fun. They can kind of follow along Um more in a a more severe nonfiction way where it's just about the creature and not actually her story. Mm
0: -hmm. What's a fascinating creature? And like last year, our excerpt was from, I think the first chapter from the Book of Eels, which is another fascinating creature. So good. I'm glad that. I was thinking about possibly doing the first chapter of Jaws, but I'm glad we went with this one instead. (laughs) Well, not that that, I love that one, but there's that the writing is really lyrical and Mm -hmm. kind of menacing the way this shark is described in terms of like somebody having some blood in the water and all of a sudden it like the way it's described is like turning like towards like you know the um I don't know
2: I definitely I love sharks but I do also have recurring nightmares about sharks and I had one (laughs) just last weekend about sea kayaking and there being like um, a megalodon
0: (laughs) yeah well you read there's where I mean it's one of those things where I, I remember seeing like, the number of people who die by this animal, like, I saw some list, and I was surprised at the one, you know, you, you, things you don't think about, like, mosquitoes are the number one killer of human beings, or something like that, and there's all sorts of other ones you don't, you don't think about, like, kangaroos, or, um I don't know, um various things, and then Cows. like, sharks, yeah, or something, you know, there's, like, bites that cause, you know, deaths from, like, mm-hmm. spiders, or, like, snakes, or... um Water buffalo is actually a, there quite a number of them.
2: Hippopotamuses.
0: Yeah, cassowaries, which is on one of the bucket lists. I don't know if it's the teens, maybe. Like learn about the cassowary. People see this bird; it looks kind of like an ostrich. It Looks like very much like a dinosaur is what it mm-hmm. looks like. Um, and people probably go up there to look at it, and then it has these really sharp oh. uh, toes, or uh, and then it like will kick people and like basically you like
2: disembowel them.
0: Yeah. It, so.
2: Oh my um, God. I love cassowaries. <laughs> no, They're yeah. so yeah. terrifying. It, yeah. If you, if you look
0: at the, they have these bright colored feathers, like on the top of their heads. And um, yeah. So yeah, I did read a graphic novel. It's not very summary, but did you hear what Ed Gein done? Which is about oh, that Ed was Gein. Yeah. And that is really, it's uh, terrifying uh, uh, and horrifying, but it, it's just, the art is really beautifully dark. And like, it's such a, evil foreboding story and you've but also it's like sort of sad like there's something really sad about um, the upbringing of these children and sort of what happens to them so Mm -hmm. uh, it's really well done plus it's part of Wisconsin history so I was kind of curious about it in that way and it affects a lot of um, entertainment that I like like uh, movies you know like Psycho and Silence of the Lambs are all based on like Ed Gein so um, in a lot of ways but all right, thanks guys
2: yeah, thank yeah. you. you. <music>